Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to take a few minutes uh, this morning and talk to you about the power of one. The power of one. Say one. The power of one. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open them up to the Gospel of John. If you have a device that you can pull the Scripture up with, um, I'll have it on the screen. Now, you all realize that school is back in. School is back in. Students, school is back in. And so your homework today, tonight, this week, is to go to the Gospel of John, John chapter 17, and you read the entire chapter, and you're going to be so blessed and encouraged by John chapter 17. Now, I'm not going to have time today to cover the whole chapter, but I am going to pull from verses 20 to 23. 20 to 23. Now, when you open up John chapter 17, you're going to find a prayer there. There is a prayer that Jesus prayed. He prayed it right before, hours before he was to give his life on the cross. Jesus prayed this powerful prayer. And, and this prayer in John 17 is broke down really in three different ways. At the beginning of the prayer, Jesus is praying that, that he would be glorified through about what he was getting ready to go through. The, the, he said the hour has come. The hour for what? The hour for him to give his life on the cross. And Jesus begins by praying that he would be glorified through this work that was going to take place. And then he transitions from that prayer into praying for his disciples, those that had walked with him uh, for those three years there. And he began to pray for them. But here's something that really just kind of grabbed my heart. Jesus goes from praying for himself and praying for those disciples to praying for every one of us that are here today. Jesus before he went to the cross at Calvary, hours before Jesus was to give his life on the cross, Jesus was praying for every one of us. Isn't that amazing? He was praying for us. Uh, we read in the scriptures that right now Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession for us in heaven. But before Jesus ever went to heaven, he was already praying for us while he was here on this earth. And so I'm going to pick up here in verse 20 when Jesus is going into this prayer time and he's praying for you and he's praying for me. And he says these words here. He says, I do not ask for these only, talking about those disciples that were walking with him when he walked this earth. But then Jesus says, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as you loved me. Say one. The power of one. 
In this prayer here, Jesus prayed over and over, make the church one. He prayed, make the church one. Make the church one. Make the church one. And the reason that Jesus prayed over and over to make the church one is because Jesus knew there is power in one. Jesus prayed, make the church one, because he knew that uh, there's power in a unified church. Jesus prayed, uh, make them one, because Jesus knew that a unified church is a church that hell can't stop. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus knew there's power in one, but let me tell you today that the devil also knows there's power in one. The devil knows there's power in one, and that's why he's working overtime to create division. That's why every strategy from hell is about creating division so the devil can try to defeat the church. The devil knows there's power in one. The devil knows that a divided church equals a weak church. The devil knows that a, that a divided church equals a powerless church. The devil knows that a divided church equals a defeated church. And that is why that every strategy out of hell that the enemy tries to perform and work, he, he creates division in our lives, especially the church house and also in the nation. We see that right now, right? I think all of us see that the, the sowing of division by the enemy uh, and throughout churches and throughout the nation, I mean, all of us can just look around and it's amazing to me how people are just tearing one another apart and they're, they're vicious and attacking one another. And, and it seems to be that the day that we live in, there's so much strife and anger and, and, and prejudice against people. And here's what I believe, that if something doesn't change... I believe the America as we know it, I believe the America that we know, if something doesn't change, that it will eventually fall. Amen. I believe that. And, and listen, and the reason I believe that is because of what the Bible says. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And listen, it don't matter to me what kind of house it is. It doesn't matter if it's the, the white house, if it's your house, my house, or God's house. Any house that's divided, it will eventually fall. And Jesus said these words here. He said in Matthew 12, 25, he says, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every house divided against itself will not stand. And I want to remind you today, friend, that any nation divided will fall. Any government divided will fall. Any home divided will fall. Any team divided will fall. Any church divided will fall. And that's why Jesus was praying Make the church one. Make the church one. That's why he repeated his prayer to his father. I'm praying that the church be one because there's power in one. Amen. So what does it mean to be one? What does it mean to be one? Let me give you a definition of what it means to be one. One means to be one in Christ Jesus, carrying out God's kingdom purposes. One means to be one in Christ Jesus, carrying out God's kingdom purposes. Listen, if you look around in our church, you will notice that everybody is different. One, being one does not mean that we're going to look alike, talk alike, dress alike, sing alike, 
No, it doesn't mean that. One means that you have a group of different people who come from different backgrounds, from different places, and they come together, and they come together one in Christ, carrying out God's kingdom purposes. That's the picture of the church. And Paul said these words here. He said, reminding us that we're one in Christ. He says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. One means to be one in Christ, carrying out God's kingdom purposes. And can I tell you this morning, please hear me with all of my heart. Please listen to me. Now, more than ever, our divided nation and our divided world and our divided communities and the homes that are divided, now more than ever, they need to see a one church. Amen. They need to see a one church. They need to see a one church, different people, one in Christ, Carrying out God's kingdom purposes. If there's ever been a time that our world needs to see a one church, it's the day that we're living in right now. This divided world needs to see a one church that's one in prayer. Say one in prayer. That's why Jesus was praying for the church to be uh, one body. Jesus knew that one body that would be united in prayer could change the atmosphere and we could experience the glory and the power of God's uh, just manifest presence. He mentions that in this prayer, that they would see the glory of God. God knows. Listen, Jesus knew. I pray they be one. They be one. They be one in prayer because when they're in prayer together, there will be a manifestation of the power and the glory of God, and it will change atmospheres. Hallelujah. And we need some atmospheres changed in our culture today. If you go into Acts chapter 2, you would see there there's 120 followers of Christ who were together in the upper room and they were united, one, in prayer. The Bible says they were in one accord, not a Honda accord, they were in one accord. They were in one accord, in one place, seeking God. And the Bible says that they're there in one accord, one place, and they're seeking God. And while they're there, one in prayer, that suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon them and fills them with power. There was a manifestation of the glory of God and the whole atmosphere changed. Why? Because they were one in prayer. One in prayer. One church... One in prayer, and what happens? The heavens are opened, and the glory and power of God is manifested. One church in prayer, and the atmosphere is changed, and the power of God is manifested through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There, there's something, listen to me, I want you to be encouraged when I tell you this. There is something powerful and supernatural that happens when God's people are one in prayer. Being one in prayer, when we're one in prayer, let me tell you what will begin to happen. The heart of God and the hand of God will begin to move in your life. How many of you come this morning and you need the hand of God to move in your life? Come on. Amen. Well, what you need to do is you need to be one in prayer, one in prayer. And we're going to join tomorrow night at FaceTime right here in this worship center, one in prayer. 
And we're believing there would be a manifestation and the glory of the power of God. We're going to worship together. We're going to seek the face of God together. We're going to pray for nations. We're going to pray for the lost. How many of you got lost family and friends? Come on, raise your hand. Every one of you ought to be in here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock calling on the Lord around this altar for your lost family and lost friends. We're going to join tomorrow night for FaceTime. We're going to be one in prayer, and we're going to come expecting and believing for a manifestation of the power of God in this place to touch people's lives. So we're going to trust that to happen tomorrow. FaceTime, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Thought I'd give it a little plug there. Amen. Listen to me. Not long after uh, these people are changed and filled by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these 120, we know what happens. The power of God has moved in their life, and then all of a sudden, guess who comes? The devil. Because you know, anytime there's a manifestation of the presence and the power of God, the devil's going to try to come, and he's going to try to divide and destroy what God has done. Amen. And so the devil comes and he begins to work every scheme from hell and try to divide and destroy. And what he does is he begins to attack the church with, with great persecution. And I love how the church responded when the, when the persecution came from the enemy. When the trouble started to come from the enemy. What did the church do? They united one in prayer. Over and over, time and time again, when the enemy would attack the church and assault the church, the church would be one in prayer. And what a lesson that is for us today, friend. When the enemy comes and he attacks our lives and he attacks our families and he attacks our church, we need to be one in prayer. Listen, when troubles come your way, be one in prayer. Be one in prayer with your family in the house. Be one in prayer with your co-workers. Be one in prayer with your brothers and sisters at your school. Be in prayer, one in prayer with your family here in church. When troubles come, be one in prayer. When things in your life seem to be crumbling around you, be one in prayer. When your family seems unstable and all hell has been assaulted against them, be one in prayer. When our nation becomes more and more unstable by the day, we need to be one in prayer. When we look out to the future and it doesn't look that good, we need to make sure that we're one in prayer. Hallelujah. Because when we're one in prayer, the hand of God begins to move. And we see it here in the book of Acts. When the hand of God began to move, it was because the church was one in prayer. And what happened? People were saved. Thousands were saved. There was an awakening. And thousands came to know Jesus Christ. People were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Places where they were meeting, those places began to shake. And the atmosphere began to change as the power and the glory of God manifested itself. Chains fell off of people. Prison doors opened. People were being set free. People were being healed. People were being raised from the dead. The move of God happened because of the power of one, one church in prayer. And I say, Lord, let it be so right here in Mount Olive, North Carolina, right here in this church. Let that be our testimony. Oh, I want to, how many of y'all want a real move of God? And I'm grateful for all that God is doing through this ministry. He really is working, but I'm believing for even more. I'm believing that as we gather one in prayer, that we're going to see just a, a manifestation of the presence of God and the power of God. And we're going to see the hand of God move as we come together, one in prayer, one in prayer. If we're going to see the hand of God move in these dark and divided days that we live in, the church must be one in prayer. 
Because one in prayer can push back the work of darkness. One in prayer can confuse the plans of the enemy. One church in prayer can touch the throne of grace and open up the heavens and and experience the power of God. One church in prayer can bring revival to our nation. One church in prayer can bring an awakening right here to our community. The Bible says, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. One in prayer, and we can see God do revival. Hallelujah. God help us. Please hear me. God help us. God help us in this critical hour that we're living in to be a church that is one in prayer. Jesus said over and over again, make them one. Make them one. Make them one. Make them perfectly one. And may God help us to be one in prayer so we can see the hand of God move in our families, move in this church, move in our community as we join one in prayer. Jesus also prayed this. He prayed that the church would be one in purpose. Say purpose. If you read and when you do your homework, you're going to discover some things when you read there. But in verses 20 and 21, Jesus prayed this thing to the Father. And he asked his Father that the, that the church, his church, would be one so we could win the world to Jesus Christ. He said this right here. He said, let them be one. Why? So the world will know him and believe in him through our witness. Jesus prayed that. He says, listen, I I want them to be one so they can make me known to the world and people will believe in me through their witness, through your witness, through my witness. That's the purpose that God has for our lives and for this church, that we're to be one in purpose to make Jesus known so people can believe in him through our witness. Let me just tell you and remind you one more time right now. Hear me good. You want to know what your purpose is in life? God's purpose for you is to be a witness and for you to win people to him, to win people to him, to be a witness for Christ and win people to him. I think some churches, not not my olive church, but other churches around us, church, all churches, I think sometimes we get in trouble because we get our mind off of God's purpose. We get our mind off of God's purpose and we wonder why the church in America is on decline. We, we wonder why the church in America is on hospice care with comfort measures only, just letting them ease right on out until they're finally gone. We wonder why lost people are not coming to Christ in churches across America. Can I go ahead and tell you this right here? That the problem is not the Lord. The problem is not the Lord. The problem is not the Lord. The problem is that churches have no witness because they are just as divided as the culture around us. It's getting quiet now. How how in the world can we expect our nation to be unified when God's people can't even get along? I mean, we see right now things going on in our land that's created so much division. Politics have created division. Uh, Racial division, now that the pandemic is here, it's created division. And all that division that's going on in the culture, guess what? Now it's crept inside the church. 
And, and Paul warned the church. He warned the church in 1 Corinthians that there's a danger to the division because if there's a division in the church, it's going to stop the purposes of God from going forward. So here's what Paul said. He says, I appeal to you. I mean, he's pleading with them. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in harmony with one another, that there be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Some translations use the word purpose. Be in harmony with one another. Let there be no divisions among you so you may be perfectly united in purpose. In purpose. Paul was warning us that we needed to be on guard against division. And that we needed to make sure that we're focused on doing God's purpose. Because we are, we are a body of believers who are one in Christ carrying out God's kingdom purposes. And we must be a church in these last days, it's one in purpose. And what is, what is God's purpose for the church? What is God's purpose for the church? Well, let me tell you what, what God's purpose for the church is. God's purpose for the church is for us to seek the lost and to serve the suffering and to share life together. And that's not some kind of creative logo that, that Pastor Jeff come up with. It's not something that we emailed a church growth seminar and they sent those back to us. No, that right there is the purposes of God because Jesus said, I've come to seek and save those who were lost. He says, I've come to serve and not be served. And he came to this earth and he shared life together with people and he helped them grow spiritually as they walk together to me that is God's purpose for the church hallelujah and if we're not completely focused on the purposes of God if we're not completely one in accord one in mind focused on God's purpose then guess what happens the doors open for division to come in let me just tell you this if we're not completely focused on God's purpose, what can happen is, is we can allow our personal preferences to supersede God's purpose. It really got quiet. Let me say it again. When, listen, when, when, the church, when the church gets more focused, when the church gets more focused on preferences than God's purpose, then we open the door for division. And, and that's what's wrong with a, a lot of churches today because Churches have lost being focused on the purpose and all they're focused in on now are the preferences. And when that's all you're concerned about is preferences, then you're going to have a church full of, guess what, church hoppers. And they're going to go from one church to the next church to the next church until they feel like the preferences they have have been satisfied. And they're never going to find the perfect church because no church is perfect. And what they need to do is stop focusing on their personal preferences and focus on the purpose of God and seek the law, serve the suffering, share life together, and help build people up spiritually. Hallelujah. Good job, Pastor. Good job. Lord, help us. Y'all remember I told you I loved you, right? I love you too. Love all of you. I was kidding with them in the first service. We, we sing a song sometimes. I can't remember the name of the song, but I tried it earlier. I don't even know. It went something like this right here. We used to sing it. I exalt thee. I exalt thee, O Lord. Something like that. I know it's terrible, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, okay, hold on a minute. 
We, we, we sing that song, but some of us in the church have got the words mixed up, and now it's, I exalt me. I exalt me, oh Lord. I exalt me. I exalt me, oh me. And you know what that's a sign of? Somebody that's more concerned about preference than purpose. And I say that out of a heart of love, but that's what happens. We get our eyes off of the purposes of God, and we focused on preferences, and then division creeps in. And can I just tell you this, and I pleaded with the first service, and I plead with all of you here today. You know, I tell you, I feel like sometimes, the, I don't know what to call them. Holy Spirit burst. I don't know what it is, but these bursts come into me at times, and there's a great sense of urgency that hits me. And I realize how critical the hour is that we live in. And I realize that people all around us are dying and going to hell every day. And we're more focused on the preferences than what God's purpose is for our life and for our church. God, help us. God, help us. Listen, this is no time for the church to be hung up on preference. This is no time for the church to be divided. This is no time for the church to be silent. This is no time for the church to retreat. This is no time for the church to live in fear. This is no time for the church to be comfortable. This is a time that we be a church that will rise up and be in one purpose, going after the for the glory of God. Amen. 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 Well, you know, Pastor, I, I, it's, it's cold in that worship center. I, I mean, it's always cold in there. I'm about to burn up right now. I'm about to burn up. The, 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 the music is way too loud. No, 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 Pastor, the music's too soft. No, no, you, you're preaching way too long, way too long. No, you don't preach long enough. You know, we need more parking out there. No, we got too much parking out there. And I'm just telling you, friend, it goes on. It can go on and go on. God help us not to be focused on preference. But we be a church at Mount Olive that is always focused on being focused on the one in purpose, carrying out the assignment of God, and that is to seek those that are lost, serve the suffering, and share life together as we all grow spiritually. God help us. Lord, help us to do that. One in purpose. One in purpose. Standing up and speaking up for Jesus Christ in these last days. It's a critical hour. Hello. It's a critical hour. And we have one purpose, and that is to stand up with some courage and speak up for the name of Jesus Christ and for the sake of Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me how we can stand up together and we can speak up together about our political views. It's amazing to me how we can stand up and speak up about how we feel with our own opinions about whether we wear masks or don't wear masks or whether I'm for the vaccination mandate or whether I'm against it. But what gets me, friend, is we're scared to death to stand up and speak up and share Jesus Christ with lost people. I mean, help us, Lord. Come on, yeah, amen. I feel better already. Hallelujah. 
I mean, we were, my party believes this and, and we stand for this and we, we, we would never do that right there and the government needs to do this right here or you know what, we ought to have masks on, we shouldn't have masks on or you know what, you need to be vaccinated or you don't need to be vaccinated. But you know, and then they won't tell nobody that's lost that they need Jesus. God help us to be focused on one purpose, and that is to witness and win people to Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, help us. They probably done took us off Facebook already. <laughs> Let me get a water break right here. How about that? While they got us down, I'll take a water break. <laughs> Lord, help us. Pastor Kevin, you got my car ready? All right. I love you, brother. One in purpose, being a witness everywhere we go. One in purpose, sharing Jesus with anybody from anywhere. One in purpose, declaring that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. One in purpose, that we would be peacemakers. One in purpose, that we would be messengers of reconciliation to a world that is going through brokenness right now. God, help us to be one in purpose. And Lord, help us also to be one in passion. Jesus prayed the church would be one in prayer, one in purpose. And he also prayed the church be one in passion. I substitute that word passion uh, for the word love because Jesus prayed in this prayer. He prayed that God's love would be in us. He prayed in this prayer. He said, Father, the love that you have for me, let it be in those. Let it be in them. Let it be in every one of us. If we're going to be one in passion, we must love one another. Hello. We must love one another. Jesus said we must love one another as I have loved you. He said this here. He says we're commanded to love each other with a very deep love. It's not a manufactured love. It's, not a, uh, it's, it's a genuine. It's a sacrificial love. It's an unconditional love. And we're to love all people. Jesus said this. By everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And let me just tell you this, friend, and encourage you. Love one another means that love will build people up and not break people down. Love, love will not hate someone. Love will not hurt someone. Love will not gossip behind someone's back. Listen to me. Please don't miss this right here. A church that is one in passion will display God's love to all people. All people. All people are welcomed here. We want to display God's love to all people. A church that is one in passion will display God's love to all people. Now let me just tell you how God revealed that to me and share with you what I believe is from the Lord. A church that is one in passion will draw people in. Let me just say that again. A church that is one in passion will draw people in. When we go through our Next Steps class and have those there uh, in our Connections class, you would not believe the testimony of people that tell me. It's the when we walk into church, we just feel the love of God. We feel the love of God. We have encountered the love of God. It's the same love that Lisa and I encountered when we walked through the doors in 2002. People are still testifying that when they walk through the doors, they're drawn by the love of God because a church that is one in passion will draw people in. Let me illustrate that to you. 
A church that is one in passion, a church that is one in passion is like riding by Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. A listen, a church that is one in passion is like riding by Krispy Kreme when the hot, when the hot light is on. When, when you ride by Krispy Kreme and the hot light is on, it draws people in. It, it draws people in. You ride by there and you see that hot light on and, and next thing you know, your car is doing like a U-turn. Uh, or, or you're checking your pockets to see if you got some cash or money on you. Because the hot light kind of draws you in. You see the hot light and the next thing you know, you're in a drive through or you're on the inside ordering two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. You see the hot light on, and the next thing you know, you're sitting somewhere in a room with some empty boxes, boxes wondering, what happened? <laughs> Listen here. Here's the application. It's the same way with the church. It's the same way with the church. When, when the church has the passion light on, when the church has the passion light on, people ride by, they see the passion light on in the church, they see the passion light on in your life, and they're drawn in by it. They're drawn in by it. It draws people in. When the passion light is on, it draws people in. And when they come in because the passion light is on, when they come in, they encounter the love of God. They have an encounter with Jesus Christ. They're saved. They're set free. They're restored. God has done a tremendous work to transform transform their lives and now they have a purpose in their life and everything has happened because passion drew them in and now their life has been changed they've met someone who's satisfying I think I told them in the first service we're going to get a light out there and put on the building and the cars right by it's going to have a passion light on out there and I changed I said you know what just put a hot light out there right by I said that church is hot hallelujah amen hot church Come on inside. The love of God will draw you in. And your life will be changed forever by the power of God. Listen, Pastor Kevin, if you'll come, please, sir. Jesus prayed the church would be one in prayer. He prayed that we would be one in purpose. He prayed we'd be one in passion so we could be one in communion. Pray with me. Father, make us one church. One, one, one. Make them one. Make them one. One in prayer. Make them one in purpose. Make us one, God, in passion. Make us one in communion together, God. Father, we pray right now, make us one to bring glory to you, God. I pray, Lord, that no matter what we face and what we have to walk through as a church, God, through our culture and through the days ahead, God, that no matter what, God, we would be one. We would be one, one, one church, Lord. One, one, God. One in Christ Jesus. One in Christ Jesus. One carrying out God's kingdom purpose. Carrying it out with love. Carrying it out with communion. Celebrating your death and celebrating that you're coming back again. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I pray right now your love be in us and flow through us for your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for a wonderful, wonderful church family. And may you continue to bless, and may your hand continue to move here, God, as we walk in oneness for your glory. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.